we have to expect God to do mighty works among us. We cannot just live in the ordinary anymore. Just trying to make it and hoping. Christianity is a whole lot more than that. God has promised us great signs and wonders. And we have to start believing God for these things. We have to come out from our routine of just ordinary Christianity, putting scriptures to scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible says if we stay with that and we don't go with the miraculous, we will fall backward and be destroyed. So we have to start believing God. You know, many times I hear Christians talk and you, don't, you forget where your roots are. We have to go back to our roots. We have to start believing God for something unusual because we are serving an unusual God. We are serving the real God, the God of the universe. And we have to start believing God for miracles. There is nothing that is too hard for God. We say these things with our mouth, but our actions and our words outside church reveal that we don't truly believe these things and God's not at work. We have to start believing God for great signs and wonders in our midst. We have to just stand up today, right now, in our heart, before God, believing God for the unusual. You know, in, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, and need us to look at that scripture very, very firmly because we're going, I'm going uh, to share with you about healing. And we are going to be having a healing service. And I'm believing God for miracles to take place in our midst. And I pray that God will touch your heart so that you begin to believe the scriptures and not just stay with what you know. Stay with what God says. Not your understanding, not what they're saying outside, but what God says in his word. We have to start to believe. We have to really do that. Revelation 13 verse 8 says, All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have been written in the book of life. Of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. Before you were born, the Lamb of God was slain for your sins, for your sickness, for your health on earth. This has been from beginning before God created the world. The Lamb was not slain. We saw the manifestation when Jesus came to the earth. But in the mind of God, God prepared for your healing. God prepared for your sins to be taken away from the foundation of the world. Before you were born. My confession these days before God. God, you healed me from the foundation of the world. Before the world was, God has already healed me. And so we have to start believing God. For his word. Since we're going to this topic of healing. Let me tell you this. God doesn't like sickness. God never planned sickness for man. It was never in God's agenda for man. When God created man, it was never there for man. God prepared. God knowing the future. He prepared your body to deal with sickness. Because sickness is hated by God. You know about the immune system. Your body can fight any disease including cancer. As a scientist, I know that your body produces cancerous cells every day. But your body has been equipped in your immune system to fight cancer. And they destroy the cells. It's now when your immune system begins to allow 
the cancer cells to stay in your body, that's when you develop it. But your body had been prepared by God from the foundation of the world. When God created you, God prepared your body to fight against disease. Because disease is not supposed to be part of your life. Your body was made to heal itself. If you cut your finger, it will hurt for a while. But the body will heal it. All you do is to prevent infection. If you can prevent infection, the body will heal itself. What is this saying? God put in your DNA the ability to heal your body. Your body can heal itself. So God made it very clear to us that healing was not his agenda. So if you're sick, healing comes from God. We have to understand that. God has nothing to do with your sickness. And we have to trust him that God, especially those that have been redeemed by God, God can keep you well. And that's what this message is going to be. The divine healing message, that's the way I call it. And I'm going to be going back, talking about different individuals that God has used, and God can use you as well. So we need to know what God says. So God created us with that ability to heal ourselves. And divinely, He has given us the power to lay hands on the sick. To heal ourselves, one another. God gave that, both spiritually and in the natural. God gave that to us because sickness is hated by God. Just like sin. Just like sin. When I pray, I say, Jesus, your stripes is good enough for me. Your stripes are good enough for me. For by his stripes, we were healed. Your stripes are good enough for me. I can deal with your stripes. Your stripes bigger than cancer. Your stripes bigger than any disease. Your stripes, the stripes you took, is, they're all bigger than what I have to deal with. Did you know that the Bible never mentioned the word sick until Genesis chapter 48? You will not find the word sick in any chapter. Beginning from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Genesis chapter 48. I was shocked to discover that. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Even after the fall. Even after the fall. Even after God had pronounced that if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Adam lived for 930 years before he died. And nothing was said there about he was sick. Seth, the son of Adam, also lived for 912 years. And then he said he died. Nothing was said about sickness. Read the scriptures. You see, you have to follow how God's dealing as you follow scriptures so you learn. I've often talked about learning the principles because that will really help you. Knowing the way of the Lord is different from just knowing the Lord. He made his way known to Moses. It's acts to the children of Israel. So I have to know his ways. And that's what we are talking about. Lamech who is the father of Noah, lived for 777 years before he died. 
And Noah, we are told, lived 500 years. I don't know whether that was, was when he had his children. But as you read through the scriptures, some of them were 160 something years before they had their first baby. Hello? And all these people, God tells you, you can read about uh, Methuselah, 969 years or so. He lived that long and he died, but nothing is said about sickness. Nothing. Nothing is said about sickness. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, God began to speak and there was a turn. Something changed. And that's still happening in our world today. We need to have understanding of what's going on. As you read the scriptures, let God open your eyes to see what's going on. And see what's happening. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. And I said, God said this before he destroyed all man, except for Noah and his family. In other words, at this time, God was prepared to change this stuff of 700, 900, we're coming down. And I want to show you the reason why this happened. It says in Genesis 6, beginning from verse 11, The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence, corruption, and violence. As they went on with everything that happened, the Tower of Babel and all of that stuff, there was not a lot of violence. But at this stage, God says, uh-uh, this is getting too much. We got to cut this down. The earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. Through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What's happening today in the world? A lot of violence. A lot of violence. You know, as I was studying, I was thinking, during the Iraqi war and all this war that we had, we were dealing with what? About that time, we were dealing, still struggling with HIV. Remember? President Bush had to do a lot. Today, there's a lot of violence in the world. And now... Africa has been threatened with Ebola. And nobody knows what to do. Did you notice when I came to this country, nobody knew anything about HIV? It wasn't mentioned. All of a sudden, HIV appeared. And man had no answer for it. And then answer came for it. There's medical science. We are advancing in medicine, but we keep dealing with sickness and disease 
And we are not able to overcome it. There's nothing we can do. We've been to the moon and back. And yet no one can have a cure for cancer. Why? Because all these things have to do with the spirit realm. It's spiritual. It is spiritual. And because it's spiritual, for the children of God, we have to begin, we have to start in our heart to trust in God to keep us safe and sound. Don't make, mean you'll never be sick, but God can keep your body healthy. And God can heal you whenever you're sick. God can heal you whenever you're sick. There is what is called the power of the covenant. The power of the covenant of God. God gave his covenant and picked a man even after the, the flood. God picked Abraham. And you can read the story of Abraham. He was 175 years old when he died. 175 years old when he died and nothing was said about sickness. Isaac was 180 years old before he died. Again, you remember his eyes were dim and he prayed for, he blessed Jacob instead of Esau. But he died, went to be with God. And the only person who lived for 147 years, that's Jacob, after he had blessed his children, that's the only one they said was sick. That is Genesis chapter 48. And word came to Joseph, your father is sick. That's the first time that it was mentioned that he was sick. And when jo- Jacob knew that his son was coming, he said he strengthened himself and sat up. And blessed his sons, his grandchildren. And then waited for his sons to return. And he blessed all of them. And prophesied over all of them. Telling them what their future was going to be. And then as soon as he got through blessing them, he folded his legs, laid back, he was gone. I'm taking, taking you through all of these things because I want you to see how God works. I've seen a man in this church. He was about 92 years old. I believe that's probably what was happening. Godly man. We call that place Smith Hall. And I saw that and I said, God, I see what you're doing. Because, I mean, I started scripture and he completes it for me from the pulpit. I mean, from the audience while he was here. Papa Smith, that's why we named that place there Smith Hall. I was with him in his house. And uh, I notice now I can fully understand what's, what happened to Jacob here. Papa Smith, he just was weak. He told me, I just can't stand. I don't feel sick. They took him to the doctor. He's sick. Doctor checked him out. We can't find anything. Take him back home. But as soon as I start talking about scriptures, he'll, he'll perk up and then he'll begin to quote the scriptures back at me. And we go back and forth with scriptures. I was really having my fun with him. But I knew he was dying. We, talk, we sat down there. Smith is still here. Junior, Smith Jr. We sat down there planning his funeral. He sat down there listening to us with his head down. 
And when I was talking to Brother Smith, how we're going to do it, what church we're going to do it, and who is going to be speaking, and what. He, he never said a word. He had his head down. But as soon as we got through talking about that, I started talking about scriptures. He'll stand up again. And we're quoting scriptures back at me. I left to go to visit my brother-in-law, and the call came. He's gone. He's gone. That's the way I want to go. Hallelujah. Amen. When you know God, because he knew the scriptures, he knew the word of God. The word of God was in him. He came out of him. Not very educated, but he was there. That's why I kept talking about putting the scriptures in you so that the word of God that is sent to you will heal you. The power of God's covenant in Psalm 89 verse 34, it says, My covenant I will not break. Nor alter the words that have gone out of my lips. God will not break his covenant with his people. He will not alter the words that he he has spoken to his people. God has made a covenant with us. You have a covenant with God. And God in his covenant says, I'm going to be your doctor. Doesn't mean you don't have to see my wife Angela if you have problems. But God is your doctor. God has covenanted with you through his son Jesus Christ to be your physician, your doctor. So if he's going to be your doctor, you may experience sickness. But you are guaranteed to be healed by God. God covenanted himself to be the doctor of his people. In in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says... And said, God said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, that's his words, listen to his words, the Lord has opened my ear, okay, that's what it is. Give ear to his commandments, that's another word for the word of God, and keep all his statutes, that's what, do what he tells you to do, be in fellowship, study the scriptures, Pray before God. Do all of these things. It says, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. I will not allow any of these sicknesses that you see on all of these, uh, all of these people out there. I will not allow them uh, on your life. And when they come to you, I'll heal you. I am the Lord, your physician. That's what he's saying. This is a good insurance. Amen. A good insurance. With this insurance, you have to pay your premiums. Hello? (laughs) You got premiums to pay. Not going to church and not spending time praying. They'll call you. You're not paying your premiums, okay? Hello? Sometimes when we get sick, we hurry up to pay, pay our, come up to date for, with our premium so to take care of us. Sometimes that could be too late. This is a sure insurance with God. God says, if you do this, I'll do this. And God will not break his covenant with you. This was the covenant God had 
with the people of Israel. I'm going to say this. That God had no other way for them to get healed except this. There were no practicing physicians in the days of Moses. The only way they got well was only by God. You remember when the serpents were biting them in the wilderness? Did they go to any doctor? No, they went to Moses. There was no other way. Thank God we have other things we can go to, but your, your primary source for healing has to be in the Lord. You've got to put your faith in the Lord to keep your body well. Both physically, mentally, in, emotionally, everywhere. You have to trust God. Because God has said He will be your doctor. And you call on your doctor when you're sick. You call on your doctor when you're sick. Your doctor knows that you are his patient. Right? And when they see you come, they recognize. What's the matter now? Many people don't regard God as their doctor. They only go to him when things are out of hand. They don't study his word. They, when you're, many times when you're strong and you're not sick, you don't want to pay your premiums. Right? Hello? I don't need that. Pastor, why don't you preach on something else? I already know about that. Uh, do you, you really do? We'll find out when you get sick. And the doctor has told you there is no hope. How would you react then? You see, the Holy Spirit needs something with which to work every time. We've talked about the story, the scripture here. What do you have in your house? You remember that? What do you have in your house? God has to take what you have which is the natural part, and he'll put the super for the supernatural. When you have nothing uh, for God to work with, there's nothing there. If you have put the scriptures in your heart, when the doctors are telling you these things, after the doctor is through, the Holy Spirit says, you remember, the doctor doesn't have the last word. And then those scriptures that you've hidden in your heart, begin to bubble up. And the fear begins to leave. And before long, you are feeling really strong. And you can talk back at your doctor. Say, I understand, doctor, but I'm depending on him. And doctor say, this is really bad as I know, but I'm depending on him. We've seen miracles. God's done great miracles. I've seen them. I mean, I remember once my wife had a knot right here. It was swollen hard. In one of the services in our old church, that thing just disappeared. I saw the note with my own eyes. I don't know who prayed for her. We tend to forget. That's why God says, do not forget. We tend to forget. And then we slide into the natural because we're listening to everybody else. And we're not, re- we're not recalling what God has already done in the past. We forget the Lord our God. And we don't trust Him. 
We forget these things. I saw that with my own eyes. I'm not talking about miracles. I prayed. I saw my, I mean, we couldn't do anything about it. That was, I mean, it was hard not right here. He just disappeared as if it was never there. My wife, he just talked about, told you. These are miracles. I am praying for God to put in our heart the members of the Ark Fellowship such desire to see God do many works among us. We've got to desire these things. If we don't desire them, we won't see them. We're just talking about a healing service. We have to desire and believe that God can do these things. I've seen them in the past. I want to see them again. We must not forget this covenant. We must not forget this covenant. I mean, what's happening to us? Have we forgotten we have to reach out to the world and win them to God? When will God put a passion for souls in your heart? I know if I go out and I witness and I preach in a crowd and the people see miracles, they give their life to God. They do. I've seen it. You don't have to plead with them. You don't have to tell them to close your eyes. and read. They all run to the front. They're ready to get saved. They can tell. I want to see that. And we will see that. We will see that. God has made a covenant with you. This thing came from Him. Not from you. He said, I'm going to be your doctor. Allow me to be your doctor. All I want you to do is keep my statutes. Do what I told you to do. He knows you are not perfect, but he gave you his son's righteousness. He gave you his son's righteousness. He, the scripture says in Psalm 23, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Not for your sake. It's because of him. He leads you in the paths of righteousness. Because you don't understand the path, he'll lead you. For his name's sake. And then he promised to be your healer. Let me be your healer. Let me be your healer. You see, God has already done this before. In Psalm 105 verse 37. When he told the the, the Israelites this. They were not hearing something new. They understood what he meant. God was saying, you see how I healed you when you were in Egypt? I healed every one of you. I want to show you, just let me continue to be your doctor. Just do what I ask you to do, and you don't have to worry about all that's been happening to the Egyptians. Because right after the flood, everything changed. That's when sickness and everything came in. To shorten man's life. God said 120. But Abraham still lived. Much more than that. 175, even after God had said 120, and died without being sick. Show me a man that's 150 years old, I'll show you a really sick man in our time. Isaac was 180, no sickness. God has already done this before. It says in Psalm 105 verse 37, He also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among his tribes. His tribes, that's God's people. God's people. You are his tribes. 
No feeble person among three million people. No feeble. And we're not talking about sickness. No one walking like this. Everybody was okay. They were ready to fight. Caleb was ready to go to war. He was joining the Marines at 80 years old. He was ready to fight. That's how God dealt with them. And Jesus said, for us in the New Testament, we are living in a better time than they lived. The least in the New Testament is greater than the the greatest in the world. What's going on with us? Why can't we believe the Word of God? Because we are listening to everything everyone else is saying, and we're not going with what the Scripture says. Everything that we hear, we have to say, well... Well, let's be reasonable now, brother. Let's be reasonable. Unbelief. We want to be reasonable, reasonable with the world against God's word. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we would rather die. We would rather die. We're not going with the world. We're not going to compromise what God told us. We would rather die. And that's what we need to do with our God. Every time God finds a man who is willing to go all the way, things happen. Every time God finds a man that's willing to stand out. I was reading about John Alexander Dewey. Many of you don't know about him. But he was born in Scotland. And God began to talk to him about the healing message. I mean, that man suffered persecution you wouldn't believe. But he stood his ground. He stood his ground. He wouldn't listen to anybody. Great miracles were taking place. All over. But the persecution was strong. Because nobody wanted to listen to him. In fact, in his case, they said that John, he was, the doctors ganged up against him. And they, they took him to court. Because he, was, he had a place where called healing homes, where he brought the sick and prayed for them. And the doctors and every, the, the community gathered together that he was practicing medicine without license. They took him to court. He lost in the first, uh, the lower court, but he, he went on appeal. And they let him go. you know where that happened? Here in the United States. Because someone will believe God. And God was doing miracles. We are still in the same body of Christ, right? We belong to the same body of Christ. There's a woman named Woodward Etta. In those days, nobody, women don't preach. Hello, women couldn't vote. And God was calling her to preach. You know what the women would say? In our time, God understands. See, I'm a woman, I can't do it. The man wouldn't even listen to me. But she was willing to go. In spite of the persecution. And preach a healing message. And God used her greatly. Before Catherine Kuhlman, that woman was strong, building churches all over. It's a woman... A woman of God. But God first called her to preach. 
And then there was the healing message. Now, I'm going to get, let you know this first. Because we, we're going into this. You can't show me any time Jesus sent anyone to go preach. And didn't ask them to pre-heal the sick. You won't find it. There's nev- you can't find it in scripture. Anytime Jesus commanded anyone to, anyone who is called to preach by God in the Old Testament, I mean in the New Testament, everyone was instructed to heal. Everyone was instructed to heal. What does that say? God means business with this healing thing. Not just to go preach salvation. He told them to do that, right? But he, told, he also commanded them to heal the sick. In Luke, he actually gave them, every one of them had the anointing oil to go with them. Even though he told them not to take extra money. They went with oil to anoint people to heal. They knew they were meant to heal. What's happened? When we meet, it's God's opportunity to heal you. Amen? Every time we meet, it's an opportunity for you to get well. No matter what's happening. If there is a God and Jesus promised where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now you tell me that you have a service and Jesus is sitting right there and you leave without being healed. Tell me. How is that possible? If you ask for healing and you still walk away not healed. But Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Unbelief is robbing us greatly. And the reason why unbelief is robbing us is because we are not listening to the word of God. We want to, our ears tickled and we want everything that makes us feel good. But we don't stay with the word of God. This, to follow God is not easy. To obey God in the way Scripture says to obey Him is not easy. You will not only get attacked by Satan. Your friends in the church will attack you as well. Amen. Maybe I shouldn't say amen in that place. They'll come against you. They'll fight you. I remember I was talking to somebody about the first, this, this guy... <coughs> the girl, a lady that I led to the Lord, she manifested demons. I was there when she got filled with the Holy Spirit. I heard her speak in tongues. I had no theology. I was telling my friend uh, that I was praying for this girl, and, and the demon manifested, and uh, I had to cast my body. That was the one I was really scared. I was saying, come out in Jesus' name. Please, come out. Oh, Lord, Ooh, come out. As the demon spoke to me, oh no, never heard the voice of a demon speaking to me before. Oh Lord Jesus, all of you help me now. But the demon left. And that voice stayed in my head because she talked like a man, you know, when the demon was talking to me. As I went to sleep, I hear that same voice. And I wake up real fast. Oh Lord, help me. I won't do that. Now, that was new then. But I was telling my friend about it. And he says, uh, good luck. Didn't you say she was saved? I said, yeah. I led her to the Lord. I, think, I thought I heard you say she received the Holy Spirit. 
I said, yeah, in church. Uh, I was just talking. He said, but you just said you cast a demon out. I said, look, I don't have any theology for you. I don't understand all of this stuff. I'm telling you what I saw. I'm just telling you what I saw. The truth is, most missionaries in Africa were unsuccessful for a while until they understood that after people receive Christ, they need to break the covenant they had with the devils and those demons come out of them and then they walk straight. We didn't understand it then. Nobody's talking about that. But in that time, we didn't understand. I just go by what I saw. But Jesus is still a miracle working Jesus. Amen? He's still doing miracles today and can still heal. We can know of all the diseases that's, that's going around and we may be touched by those things. Don't, the Bible says don't think it's strange, right? Remember? When these things come, I don't think it's strange, but none of those things can take me out until I'm ready to go home. Amen. Because Jesus is alive. He's still on the throne. And I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And if he doesn't walk, let me go home. I don't care. But I would, believe, I would rather believe God's word. I would rather believe God's word than to compromise and say, well, that may not be true. No. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true. God will heal. God will heal. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Exodus 23, 25. God again talking to his children. He says, So you shall serve the Lord your God. Who? Your God, right? You shall serve the Lord your God. You have to let God know that as far as you are concerned, you are my God. Hello? Tell him that every time you're going through difficulty. You are my God. You are the one I'm serving. I'm depending on... You know what you mean, God? That means the one who has lordship over your life. Everything you own belongs to him. Your life belongs to him. That's what you mean when you say, you are my God. You own me. I can't live without you. I can't even take the next breath without you. That's what you're saying. But then you serve him because he's your God. So God is saying, you shall serve the Lord, your God. But God's the one speaking. Meaning, he will, hold his own, he will hold his own end of the deal. Because he's your God. When you serve him, right? He is God. You have made him your God. And there's nothing that's impossible with him. So you shall serve the Lord, your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. And I, God says, I will. I will, say it with me, I will, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. In other words, I don't want sickness in your camp. I don't want sickness at the Ark Fellowship. We shouldn't be reading all these long lists of sicknesses all the time. I want that list reduced. Hello? Don't mean it won't come, but we can handle them. We don't have to be afraid of it. We can handle them. That Jesus made it clear. He says, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions. 
And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What he was saying, I will, I've given you the authority to toy with the enemy, and he can't do anything to you. That's what he's saying. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. 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 God don't have to apologize to cancer. I will fulfill the number of your days. God and he said, well, I didn't remember, I didn't think that there would be cancer in your time. I wouldn't have said that if I knew cancer was going to appear. I will fulfill the number of your days. And somebody said, well, he said, there shall nothing be barren in your land. We've had barren people, right? We've had barren people even after this was spoken. Hannah was barren, Right? Elizabeth was barren. So what? Abraham's Sarah was barren. So what about this stuff? They shall not be barren. But let me tell you, every time that happens, God's preparing something much greater. You don't know what's coming up. If you suffer miscarriage, that's because God has something waiting. You don't have to give, be discouraged. Don't cry about it. God's going to do something bigger. I've always said this before. When they were barren, they all come up with children that gave the devil a black eye all the time. Remember, Samson, when he shakes himself, they run. They were like cockroaches, you know, when he, whenever he shook himself. Remember Samuel, how great he became. Jacob. All of this. Isaac, all the way to the New Testament, John the Baptist, barren, woman of God, miscarriage, oh yeah. But after that, something, God's going to bring a child uh, that will make the devil pay the price for it. Amen. So you can't be sick, but God will heal you and keep your life on to make you strong. We have to believe God. There is nothing that's impossible with God. God can restore your years. Amen. And renew your youth as the eagles. Stand up with me today. I'm excited about preaching on this. I'm, I'm kind of shocking myself up as well. Because uh, it's very important. I got to remind myself that I'm not just a Christian person. You are not just a Christian person. God can use you. God can use you. You have healing hands. Jesus said, those who believe in me shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. We'll expect them to recover. You do it. Until you do it, you never see God in action. You give him your own part and God will do his own part. But never get discouraged. Troubles come to us. But generally God allows them. Because he says, all things work together for good to those who love him. How many love God tonight? Yes, I do love Him. I thank Him constantly for what He's done for me. The wonderful family that I have and everything. And my family here as well. I was telling somebody today, I'm so glad. Angela and I have such great family. Look at you guys. 
my life is my family here. These people are my family. And I'm, so I'm very grateful. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking. I'm so grateful to God that I have a wonderful family at the Ark Fellowship. Every one of you. And God bringing some more. We are family together. We stand together and God's going to walk together with us. The Bible says, If two shall agree concerning anything, that they shall ask from the Father, He'll do it. And I know God cannot lie. Can you agree with me today that we want to uh, arrest sickness and disease in our church? Amen? Can we do that tonight? And agree with me, both from the children all the way up, that God can do this. And God will show us that we are for deliverance. Would you lift your hands up tonight? And let's pray. Pray from your heart to God. Pray from your heart to God. Declare before God tonight that sickness does not have dominion over your life. Sickness has no dominion just like sin has no dominion over your life. Yes, it will tempt you, but you will not take that temptation because sickness does not have dominion over your life. As long as Jesus lives, sickness cannot claim your life. You only depart from this place when you are ready to go home. That's the only time you leave. No sickness, no disease, no accident can take your life because God is on your side. And if God be for you, who can be against us? We're not just speaking words. These are the words of truth. The truth of the word of God. And we must put ourselves as men strong before God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And tonight we are being strong in our God and in the power of his might. And there's no devil that can take us on. Father, we thank you for your great promise. To heal us from every sickness and every disease. Lord, I pray that you will empower every immune system in your people right now. In the bodies of your people right now in Jesus' name. To fight every sickness and every disease. Lord, use your hands to bring healing to those that are suffering outside. In the name of Jesus. Fill their minds with healing scriptures. Fill their minds with the power of God. And the thoughts of the power of God. So that we can be more than conquerors according to your word. We thank you, Father, for your love and your great mercy. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please let us.